almost a year ago today on this show in Monte Carlo, Alexander Yusik expressed his desire to fight Derek Chisora. Tonight, the two men will do battle live at the SSE Arena on Sky Sports and The Zone. Um, what a week we've had that. It has Mark. been a good week. I, I feel bad saying it, but probably my favourite bubble. Yeah. It's been good, hasn't it? Games room, which you know we love having a mess about. We've been told off by the security a couple of times for nearly taking a couple of chandeliers well, we, They the said team. keep it on the floor and you kept skying it, mate. So what do you uh, I think that's more down to my lack of technique. Yeah, yeah. So uh, but yeah, yeah, it's been good, mate. It's been good rubbing shoulders with all the fighters as per usual. Everyone looks up for it and I have no doubt the show's going to be a blockbuster. Yeah, I, I agree with you, mate. Um, and of course, everything's been scaled up this week as well. We're in uh, the Hilton Hotel. Everything's a little bit bigger, including uh, we hear the venue next door, which is looking absolutely fantastic. Let's have a little look uh, at some of the scenes from earlier on uh, this afternoon. There is uh, the SSC just next door to us. Everything gets uh, started in a few hours' time. Lee Selby there, big banner for him. And, of course, Alexander Yusik, who headlines. Let's take a look, then, at uh, the undercard ahead of tonight. If you missed the news overnight, Cash Farouk's fight with Martin Sakur-Petler is off following a member of Farouk's team going down with COVID-19. We wish him well. And given that news, the action now starts live on Sky Sports box office at 6 p.m. Vacant Commonwealth Super Bantamweight title fight between Dave Colwell, managed and Kieran Farrell trained Amy Timlin against Carly Skelly is live at 6 p.m. Then Ramler Ali makes her much-anticipated pro debut against German Eva Hubmeier. Then Sky Sports box office launches with big Tommy McCarthy's European cruiserweight title shot against Bilal Lagoon. Then rescheduled from our last show, Savannah Marshall and Hannah Rankin contest the vacant WBO world middleweight crown and then in our chief support Lee Selby and George Cambosis Jr. fight for the right to become Teofimo Lopez first lightweight mandatory with the IBF and of course Alexander Yusik and Derek Chisora meet in the first of our SSC arena Wembley main event spanning the next four shows and that is fair to say that that fight probably wouldn't have got over the line without the help of this man, who has been, Darren Barker, a one-man promo machine. Incredible. Absolutely. Animal. Absolute absolutely animal. on one. David, hey, pleasure to have you back on Before the Bell. Thanks for joining us. Good to be here. I'm just speaking from the heart. When you believe something and when you really are excited about something, that seems to resonate. Yeah. And we've got a few hours to go now. We literally, we're nearly there, finally. Are you, are you nervous? I'm not nervous. I, I thought I was going to be nervous before all of his last... Uh, four fights, I've been really nervous. The Dylan White one, really nervous. The um, Arthur Spilker one, very nervous mm. because I saw how he didn't deal with the Southpaw style um, with Gashi. I really, he, he just couldn't deal with it. And then before the Arthur Spilker one, who went nine rounds with Wilder, was winning them yeah. rounds against Wilder, I was thinking, he doesn't deal with the Southpaws. He was struggling in sparring with Southpaws, but we said, we need to get close. You need to walk through whatever he throws. I know he's a big puncher, you got to get in there and let them bombs fly. And he did it. Yeah. He knocked him out in real show, real knockout combinations, put him out of there. Then even the David Price fight, I was nervous because David Price, I know David Price, I've sparred many, many rounds with David Price. I know he's, he's a wow. thunderous knockout mm. specialist. And I'm thinking if Derek runs out of steam, and I knew he had about six rounds in the tank of a, of a bigger sort. I knew he could do that. 10 rounds of it, I know that wasn't there. But then I also knew Six rounds at full throttle against Price would be enough to get him out of there, I think. And he did, fortunately, yeah. because after the fight, we went back to change room. We went, I'm really glad I got him out of here at that point because there wasn't much left to keep going. Mm. We went, OK, but you've got to let, let, us, let, us, let us do what we know is going to get you that 12 round tank yeah. moving forward. And since that point, he's changed his life because he doesn't want to be in there out of steam against and, one of the best boxers. And I guess as well, at this stage of his career, at the feet, 
could be his last a high, contest. Yeah, high you know, profile I mean, yeah, for sure. Know, it always depends on the manner of defeat. But mm. if he was to lose, I, I guess it could be the end of his career. But mm. on the flip side, mm. that makes him extra dangerous because he's going to give everything, leave everything in the ring. He's not. He's, he knows this is his opportunity. Every opponent, every every boxer has that night where they have to rise to the occasion when everyone's betting against you, when all of the experts are saying, you've got no chance. The bookmaker says, you've got no chance. But he knows something and he believes it and it's not fake confidence. We've had solid sparring partners time and time again, round after round, pushing him. When he finishes sparring, he's back out, he's pushing his cardio to the point where we've, we've nearly fallen out so many times throughout his training. He just says it's too much. It's unnecessary. So I'm you're, you're believing him in believing in him so much, not because what he's saying, no, no, what no, you're no. seeing. Yeah, it's what I'm seeing. It's, it's, it's what that, I'm seeing, it's what I'm seeing yeah. versus what I've seen in the past. It's yeah. so much better. John Ramos has been with him throughout his whole career. And he said he, he, didn't, he was unaware that Derek had these additional gears. He didn't know it was there because they've never been summoned. Occasionally they get summoned in a fight against Dylan White when he's out, he's got no energy left, but he can just keep swinging and swinging. The technique isn't there though. You see him missing and he got knocked out in his last fight from his, his rematch with Dylan. It wasn't because he's chinny. It's because he was completely yeah. exhausted, yeah. had nothing left, and threw a shot and sort of stood up in the air, doom, got caught and went to sleep. That wouldn't have knocked him out in round two or three because his technique was solid in two or three. Once he loses his shape, that's when he's vulnerable. He's going to be able to hold his shape for 12 rounds and just keep the, the, the knockout that put out Spilker, the showreel knockout, pinned him against the ropes, bam, bam, body, bam, body, body, body head. Left, yeah. He can do that really consistently for 12 rounds now. What's he got to fear? He went 12 rounds with Vitaly Klitschko, 12 rounds with Tyson Fury. Why does he think this 90 kilo cruiserweight mm. is going to knock him spark out? Who didn't knock out his, when he was in world title fights, last couple of world title fights, he didn't knock those guys out. He won them points, quite close-ish decisions. So I'm like, what, what has he got to worry about? The footwork he's got to worry about. He's got to be worried about well, getting look, there. Look, I spoke to you yesterday, yeah. and uh, you were sat with me. Dell has still got the ump with me from a scorecard that I had done when he fought uh, Caballar for the <laughs> European yeah, title yeah. in Monte Carlo. Yeah. And I was going to bring that up because, I mean, there's a couple of reasons why. First one, Monte Carlo's pretty much is similar to what, No atmosphere, no screaming no and shouting. Uh, and second of all, Caballero moved an awful lot. Yeah. And I was just... Couldn't cut a ring down. Yeah. And I, I, I guess one concern, I don't know if you feel the same or if there was a completely different fight, but how will he cope with it tonight when there is no atmosphere, when he's got Usyk, who's yeah. very quick on his feet? How will he fare? The reason why he didn't close the, close the gaps when he was fighting Caballero, the reason why he wasn't cutting off the ring is because he didn't want to. Because right. by cutting off the ring, you have to work. If you cut someone in a corner, you've got to start punching. <laughs> Where if you don't cut it off, you're not punching. You're just getting well, your breath back. Because he wasn't in shape. Right. He didn't even have his coach come over for him. Mm. He, he just was there to, I don't know what, just pick up a paycheck and just, you know, he just thought his natural ability of punching people hard would be enough. But Cabell knew it was a fight of his life. He was an undefeated yeah. fighter. He didn't want to stand there and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Derek. No, he just boxed and moved, as you should do, yeah. as any sensible boxer would. He wasn't prepared to really close the range the down. He didn't go for it. He had one gear, yeah. and it was a terrible one. It was reverse. He just, mm -hmm. wasn't, he just wasn't doing anything. This time around, closing the ring off, consistent, quality, clever punches is what's required. Anything other than that is a waste of time. He knows that. He does want to embarrass himself out there. He knows, every, he knows all eyes are on there. He didn't, wouldn't turn up to the, the weigh-in yesterday all painted up. He, he, he believes it. He knows. He wants people to see this because he wants the world to know what he's all about. He wasn't about those nine losses that he had. No. He knows he's, he's way better than his record suggests. 
Team Usyk have looked at those nine losses and thought, that's our guy. Big profile, big personality, nine losses, so he's a safe opponent. If he lost nine fights, we're going to give him his tenth loss. Because if we can't beat a guy who's lost nine fights, what are we doing in the heavyweight division? Yeah. And, on, and on paper, that makes sense, 100%. But they just, they've just picked the wrong guy. They've picked the guy whose record is so much worse than what he really is. Mm. He's a new man now. Well, listen, you, you are uh, one of those nine uh, yeah. victors. And of course, that was you, uh, you know, I guess, in your prime. You yeah. come up from heavyweight, had a few at the weights. So you, uh, you were used to the heavyweight mm. and obviously being with the biggest heavyweight in, in history too. Mm. So the size thing wasn't, wasn't so much a factor for you. But at the same time, I feel like when you landed those shots that, that led to that spectacular finish, he was actually getting to you and putting you yeah. under some real pressure. And you know firsthand yeah. what that pressure is mm. like. Just explain to me when you're in that, as a guy that's come up from cruiserweight and isn't the biggest heavyweight yeah. in the world, what it's like when you're under that much pressure from the, Del. The strongest fighter I've ever faced before is Derek Chisora. Yeah. Although I knocked him out in five rounds, it was a strong, I remember physically feeling his Whoa. size. Yeah, it looked very it hard was, to keep And I, had to, I, I brought in Carlos Takam as my chief sparring partner yeah, for really? that in preparation for knowing I'm going to be in a new situation. I was 15 stone, I was 95 kilograms. Um, Carlos Takam was about 115, 116. Significant weight advantage he had on me, and I really felt it. Normally, when I go into a clincher, people who weigh a little bit more, I'm okay, all these tall heavyweights, but a short squat one who wants to pull and push, it drained me. It took me six weeks of working consistently, four times a week with um, Carlos Takam to get accustomed to it. it was, I was losing so many of the rounds just because of the sheer size, and he was cutting me down, cutting the range down. Derek Jura's got a way of getting to his opponents when he wants to. When he doesn't want to close you down, he will let you off. Kseinagashi, I don't think he was trying to close the range. Yeah. I think he was just trying to... I think I don't know what he was doing that night. Well, I think, I think in fairness, that the previous performance from Senagashi, um, I think probably gave people a false impression that he was going to come to fight Derek. Exactly, and then exactly. He, and then he actually did the complete opposite, and Derek probably thought, blimey, I haven't planned for this at all, yeah. and suddenly that makes for a very difficult But he could fight. have pressed the fight. He no. could have pushed to a lot harder, and he didn't have the gears to do that. Yeah. So I know what it's like to be in with these, one of these big guys, and when I fought Derek, I remember thinking... I'm, I was very happy that the, his lifestyle, he was at a restaurant before he fought me. He went to a restaurant, no one knew where he was. He, was, he got to the fight with myself about 45 minutes before the fight. I'm, I'm getting messages from people saying, Derek Chisora's, I'm in my change room warming up. He's still in a restaurant. That's how unprofessional <laughs> he used to be. And he got there, it was an absolute nightmare. We, the, the people were really worried the fight wasn't gonna happen. Then it was traffic and it was raining, it was, it was a mess. But he's changed his life around now. I'm so fortunate that I fought the 2012 version of Derek Chisora really? and not the 2021, because it would have been a different fight. I couldn't have applied the same tactics. I would have had to do something completely different, and I don't know what that'd be. Mm. Standing and fighting like I did, working inside, walking in back, I wouldn't do that now, because the, the coaches, the London Shoot Fighter team that taught me how to pull and push and to wrestle and to move these big men, they're now working for him. So he would have squashed me. He can out deadlift me out. He can out squat me. He can do, he's a lot physically stronger than I am. I just happen to be really fast. That was all, my thing. All, all that aside, the, the strength and the size of Dell, one thing I've been impressed with him is though he's rough and rugged, etc. he's clever. He's smart. Mm. smart there, there's education yeah. and there's always thought mm. behind what he does. Well, you know, certainly he, that, he's sitting tracks. And in that yeah. Spilker, that Spilker knockout, as you mentioned, he changed up the levels. Exactly. He sold him down, says he stayed low, looped the right hand over the top. Same with it's a very smart setup. Yeah. It wasn't Throws just it a, to the chest, yeah. comes straight over. You draw the reaction yeah, yeah. from your opponent, you come back with a shot. And I think that's something that's overlooked from Dell. 
in my opinion, yeah. it's like, oh, he's, he's tough, strong, big punch in every weight with a good chin, but he's smart. And actually, we were watching, sorry to interrupt you, we were watching the, the, some of the Takam highlights, and he's, he's inside worked. Very, very yeah. good. Yeah. Hand position's good, yeah. he anticipates well. Takes he takes sting out shots. He does, yeah. Mm, how does. many of them bombs can you take? Do you tell me 36 I you minutes? Me how many could I take? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely none. How many? <laughs> Listen, with 10 ounce gloves on, how can Usyk take the bombs that you, Spilker took? Spilker's a southpaw. Spilker goes against the ropes. He double guards. He was able to punch through the double guard. That's the thing with Derek. He, he just keeps punching. Most people see a double guard and try not to hit the gloves. They're trying to find a gap. You think Derek cares about gaps? He's just hitting it. He's hitting elbows, hips. He's hitting shoulders. He doesn't care. As long as his hands are getting to you, he's where he that, needs that, to be. That's the problem, I guess, is getting to him. It's getting he's, to him. He's landing, you know, trying to hit the target. Well, Derek hasn't struggled in the last month to get to his brothers. Really? Previously, he was struggling because right. it takes a lot of energy, a lot of hard work to close the range. It takes significant energy to, to faint people, get them in a corner. When you got them in a corner, work straight away. Mm -hmm. Body shots, head shots, letting, letting flurries of punches go. Because if Usyk wants to try to counter and punch between uh, Usyk's punches, sorry, um, Derek's punches, he's going to need to be very brave because Derek Tesoro is throwing clusters of punches four, five, six, seven punch yeah. combinations consistently. So he's going to need to punch when he's not punching or Usyk's going to do something he hasn't done in any of his fights. We've studied every single one of his fights, his amateur fights. He hasn't done in any fight yet what he's going to need to do to beat Derek Zora. He might be able to do it, but I haven't seen it done yet. Mm. But likewise, no one's seen Derek doing a fight what he's going to need to do to beat Usyk. Yeah. So yeah. it works both ways. I get it. That's what makes this fight so intriguing. Everyone's got an opinion. A lot of people think Derek's got no shot. But after the first round, you tell me what you think is going to happen as the fight wears on. It's going to be an absolute barnstormer. It's going to be two fighters, two world-class fighters going at it from the first bell. It's going to be so oh, exciting. Can't wait. Well, if that's just convinced you that this is going to be a good fight, then nothing will face <laughs> David Taylor. David, you've been great all week. Really pleased to have you on. And uh, good luck to you, man. Nice Thanks, 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 Thanks very mate. much. Well, from one prominent man uh, in Derek Chisora's corner to another, it would only be fair to level up the scores. Russ Amber joins us next. David, what do you want to do for Derek? He's on a real roll now. Yeah, I like the Alexander Usyk fight. You know, he's mandatory for the WBO. So if, if that fight can be done, then I definitely, he'll definitely be a, a fantastic fight. And he can put the, put the heat on him and we can get ourselves a fantastic fight. The top of the heavyweight division is moving around a little bit. Can you move Derek into a position where he's on fringe world title level or in position to challenge for a world title? Is there a possibility there? If he fights Alexander Usyk, who is the mandatory, then he's right up there. He's, he's got a shot at the, the heavyweight title. So for me, getting Derek into a heavyweight title shot is what he wants. So I'm going to do everything I can to get him there. Thanks, David. Well done, Derek. Well, that was the moment all of this begun. David Hay uh, talking about his man facing Alexander Usyk. And now we are only hours away. And one man who has played a prominent part in Alexander Usyk's corner and has been listening, Darren, very, very <laughs> intently. Legendary cutsman, trainer, and of course, the founder of Rivals Boxing Gear, yep. Russ Amber. What a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for joining us. Thank Christ mate. we're not fighting David Hay. No, no. <laughs> Holy smokes. I know, right? <laughs> believe that? I know. That's how you sell it. That's yeah, how that's you how, sell yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, so now, of course, it is, it is your turn to put the case for, for your man forward. Of course, his CV speaks for itself. Uh, and you've spent as much time with him over the last two or three years than, than anybody. Um, what position and what, what sort of mental state do you think Alexander is going into this fight? How confident are you in your man tonight? You know what? What you see from him is what you get. Like, this, there's not a show. There's not any planned strategy of how he's going to act or how he's going to behave. You have lunch with him. He acts like that. He dances in the gym when he feels like it. That's the way he is. He's a real guy. He's a genuine guy, and he's a genuine fighter. 
he's quirky, you know, he's, he, the, the wires touch sometimes, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but that's, that's okay, you know, that's fine. And don't think that he doesn't realize what he's up against in Derek Chisora, and, and don't think that, you know, our camp thought anything less of Chisora, contrary to what Dave over there said, that, you know, we picked a guy with nine fights. You, he's right, though. You, he, that's, he doesn't belie his, 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 his abilities and what he's done yeah. having the line, because he's fought everybody. So, uh, and, and, you know, he's a murderous puncher. I was here when he knocked out Spielka. You know, he's, he's a murderous puncher. He's a big guy. He's strong. And it's going to be a real fight. And I consider this one the real test the real first initiation into the heavyweight division. The Chaz Witherspoon fight was a last-minute replacement. You know, it, was, it didn't have the atmosphere that this one has. Even without the fans, there's a certain electricity for this fight because, like David said, you know, no one's really sure. Some are picking, you know, uh, Usyk to win quite handily. But there's that element of danger that Derek brings to the ring, and that's what makes, makes the fight yeah. great. How can you ask for anything more than that? Right. Absolutely agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, just talk to me about how you came to, to meet the Ukrainians. I believe it was through, uh, obviously, your multifaceted uh, sort of career. And one of the things you, you're so well known for is hand wrapping. And I know Lomachenko had problems with his hands early on in his career. Yeah. And you were brought in. And that was how you first, I believe, uh, were in touch with the Ukrainian family and Alatoli's uh, group. Yeah, I, I'll tell you that story. But the last time I was across from Darren was in... Atlantic City with Sergio Martinez, and that's wow. how I got yeah. onto the Martinez team was through the hand wrapping. Right. And, I still uh, have nightmares. So I, I, I <laughs> see you, it's a distant nightmare. Yeah, hell of a fight, though. Yeah. Yeah, hell of a fight. Uh, you did a great job. You busted him up. You did a great job that night. So um, you got the win. The, well, you know, it happens. Um, the, what happened with, with uh, Lomachenko was that he had had three fights in three different sets of gloves, and suffered three hand injuries. And one of the things he said to, to Egg is, we have to solve this problem, yeah. you know, there's a problem. And a friend of mine recommended me to Egg's. Egg's was in Montreal with Kovalev for the first Jean Pascal fight and said, he called me, said, Russ, we'd like to see you. Can you come to the hotel? I said, well, I can't come to the hotel. I mean, I got the fight, but I said, I'm gonna be at, at the Bell Center early. You know, I'll be in the dressing room by three o'clock. No one will be there. Bring Vasily by. I'll wrap him up and see how he feels and see how he likes it. So he, he did. So I actually wrapped Vasily in Jean Pascal's dressing room wow, just as wow. an initiation to try it out. And uh, he liked it. He tried the gloves. He liked it. The next fight he had, I worked with him. And that was probably the most nervous I had ever been because it really was like a, wow, I'm like, I'm on trial here. You know, this is, I got to do a good job. I never felt that way before yeah, ever, yeah. right? So um, we did it. I worked the fight. He won. And uh, after the fight, we got back to the dressing room, and he just turned to me and he said, "Welcome to Team Lomachenko." He put wow, out his hand and said, "Welcome brilliant. to Team Lomachenko," and uh, been with him ever since. And for the entire run, uh, you know, we succeeded in doing what we wanted to do. We, he went, I believe, it was nine or ten fights without an injury, uh, all wins in every fight. If he didn't score a knockout or a retirement, he dropped the guys and never mm -hmm. had any injuries. So, you know, we accomplished what we set out to accomplish, and that was that was good. I felt proud about that. And then. Within a couple of fights, uh, Agus brought me in to work with uh, Usyk for the uh, Minchunu fight. That was yes. the first time I worked with him and uh, had been with him ever since well, as well. well. So where does this experience and this knowledge come from? I've been in this for 41 no, years. You think I catch on no, by now? But the, 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 the hands, etc. I mean, is there any science behind it? I, you know what? I think I'm just, uh, uh, I'm meticulous in that way. You know, like I've always, even as a kid, like I was always meticulous in building things and fixing things and whatnot. So I just, 
developed the art. And back in the day when I started, it was standard practice that when you want to become a trainer, two things that you, the first thing you buy is a pair of scissors and, and you start putting together your little cut kit. You learn to become a cut man and you learn to do harap hands. That was part of the job of being a trainer. It wasn't a, a specialized issue. You know, no, you, you it wasn't a specialized craft. You had yeah. to do everything, right? And in the amateurs back in those days, you were able to wrap with gauze. So mm. you'd have dressing rooms of guys, you know, of, of your team in an amateur event that you'd all wrap up. And so uh, I started doing I started doing that and I just came up with a, a recipe, not complicated, not anything, just a basic, simple recipe of wrapping the hand properly and taping it nice. David will get witness to that when he comes in and <laughs> gets a free hand wrap lesson and when he's gonna see, see me do this uh, tonight. Um, and so it just, it just works. I just found a recipe that works. So uh, that's how I did it. And, and you, you created Rival. The, yes, the, sir. The brand, you're the founder, etc. Yep. Does that knowledge and experience sort of stem and, uh, and is the foundations for the gloves? Well, Darren, I'll put it to you this way. And this is kind of, I came up with this and I, and I believe this to this day. Um, I believe that there are so many boxing brands out there, especially now, who are, at the end of the day, business people trying to infiltrate the boxing world. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm a boxing guy trying to infiltrate the business world. If I was any good at business, my company would be even more successful, you know, but I'm a boxing guy, I'm a gym rat. I've been doing this. I worked my first corner October 2nd, 1979. You know, I was 18 years old. That was the first corner, I, pro corner I ever worked and I've been doing it ever since. So everything that I do is related to boxing. Like that's, that's what I do. So for me to make a glove, I know what I want. I know what, what, what's good, what's bad. So I make it like that and it was easy. And our slogan is born from a boxing mind. And that's what I really feel that rival is, you know? Yeah, every, every bit of yeah. knowledge. I mean, you know yourself, every fight has got a preference for gloves based on, you know, wrists and, and where the padding is and the knuckles and the weight of it and, and everything. So, so many fighters like different things. Yeah. And I guess when you have 40 years of knowledge, uh, of knowledge it's, uh, it's invaluable in that kind of design, isn't it? It helps, it certainly does. And it, and it helps you to understand other companies' designs as well, you know? And uh, there are a lot of great companies, there are a lot of companies out there that make really great stuff, yeah, yeah. you know? Uh, no doubt about it. I don't, I don't ever profess to be the best, but what we make is as good as anything on the market, you know, and, and, and I'll stand by it for length. And David, I think, was in my shop uh, uh, in Vegas and tried on a pair and what. He never ended up using them, but he never said he, never said he didn't like them. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, yeah, so uh, first time. That, that was one of the things that was really proud for me was back before Anthony became a heavyweight champion, we'd see pictures of him wearing sparring, our sparring gloves. And he could have called and got them for free, but right. he didn't. He's, he's he, choosing he to them. use it. That's right. right. And that's, that's what we live by with the amateur gloves, with the pro fight gloves as well. We don't approach anybody and pay them to wear it. You know, that's not our motto. If you want to wear it, glad to help you out. You know, and, and I like that, that the people yeah. choose to wear it. They can, Anthony could buy my company with his pocket change. You know, he doesn't have to wear my gloves. He chooses to wear them. That's nice. It's a nice compliment. Yeah, certainly yeah. is. Um, I know you're, you're very uh, gracious in the way that you kind of give credit to, to Anatoly, but I know he would, he would do the same back to you. On the couple of occasions where you have taken Usyk for a, for a camp as his trainer, because there is sort of a, a slight language barrier there, and I know his English is better than what he sometimes lets on, but do you have to be a bit more physical in the way that you explain things in terms of the language that you use? The, when we're in the gym talking about boxing technique, show him something, whether it's in English, Russian, Spanish, I don't have a problem with it. You know, like it's very easy to communicate. He has enough of a working yeah. knowledge of boxing and smart enough to understand what you're saying. So in the boxing gym, it's n don't even need a translator. Really, we don't even need a translator. Wow. The translator becomes more important when you're trying to drive home 
you know, psychology, when you're trying to drive yeah. home passion, when motivation, like, you know, what David's been doing, you know, he's talking up the fight. That's hard to get across to, to him. You know, that would be more difficult. But in the gym, saying you want to practice certain things, okay, do this move, mm. practice this, practice. He understands it. He gets it. No, 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 not like this, like this. Oh, and then he gets mm. it. So there's really not, a, not an issue with that. And, and when, when we worked with Anatoly, it was, it was great. Like, he puts the program together and everything, and I'm kind of there. For the, for the fine tuning, just a few little technical things, you know, nice, and it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that for the Michael Hunter fight. It's one of the highlight experiences of my life. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, to, and to see two guys and to work with two guys in the same camp who move like they do, I mean, what a privilege that must be. <laughs> Even all your experience, everything you see and everyone you work with, to work with those two, I mean, that must be phenomenal. That's why I consider, you know, like everyone had said, you know, Loma being pound for pound, how great he was. And when you think that a guy like Usyk, for the size that he is, does what a feather the guy thinks he's a middleweight this guy's nuts he thinks he's a middleweight <laughs> yeah. right like he's fighting like moving blah, blah. yo you're a heavyweight <laughs> what are you doing? and he does it you know that does that says a lot you know there's not a lot of guys that you can name and you know t t let's not forget we had a cruiserweight division yes but back in the day at 63 and 215 he's weighing what ali weighs well, of course yeah right i mean he's a heavyweight you know mm. like he's a legitimately big strong guy with a lot of skill so uh you know, I'm not, I'm not so worried about the, the size being a factor, unless you fight the wrong fight, unless you're drawn into, you know, getting tired out and getting into a wrestling match. Then that would be just a bad tactical move, right? But um, I think that with the skill set that he's got and his abilities and whatnot, I think that he's going to be able to handle whatever comes at him. But what about the power we've spoke about, this real natural heavyweight power? What if he does uh, he's a heavyweight. Well, he, what happens when any heavyweight gets tagged, right? Like yeah. any heavyweight I mean, can get how, hit, right? It's, how's uh, his chin faring up in sparring, et cetera? I, I, look, it has, I think that's the, uh, a question that you could ask any heavyweight. I mean, look what happened with Dillian and, and Povetkin, right? He's yeah. winning all the way, no problem. Boom, one shot. And yep. now that's the yep. same Dillian that took bombs from Chisora. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were bouncing <laughs> yeah. off his head like nuclear For missiles. Rounds yes, right, well, yeah. right. And nothing yeah. happened, right? One, one uppercut. He, he just tucked over. Boom. It's over. And it was done. It, it, it could happen, right? It could happen to anybody. Mm -hmm. But he's a heavyweight. Don't think that he's this small little guy. And he should know better, this one over there. He should know. <laughs> he came up from Digging that. You out, he came up from that weight class. He, yeah, knows, he knows, you know, he knows. He knows. Sure, size is a difference, but. When you're not getting hit and you're blocking the shots and you're moving away, you take something off of it. And it's uh, the guy's a pro. He's a world champion, Olympic champion. He knows what he's doing. Well, Russ, uh, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. David put the case forward for his man. You've absolutely sold the case for yours, and we're looking forward to it. Best of luck to you both, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. Well, thanks for having take me, care. guys. And the fans are going to be the winners on this, aren't I, they? I'll hold, hold on a minute. Aren't you a magician of some sort? Oh, yeah. Of some I've sort. Heard, I heard you do magic. Yeah, yeah, close-up magic and stuff. Uh, any, any tricks on you? Have a, you have a bill on you? I, I if you've got don't, a bill... I if you don't. It's all contact. Oh, anyone oh, got, a, see, anyone you, got a bill? David, David. Oh, bring, bring David. <laughs> we'll let David in. do this. So. <laughs> yes. Any, no, come on. You, you, you can do it. Op open it up so you know it's not a trick bill, right? David, do you want to just come in and just make sure... We, oh, they can see it. That's can fine. You, that's fine. Can see that? Okay, put the bill through the top elastic. Yeah. Hold it back to yourself yeah. and hold on to it tight, okay? Yeah. But don't pull it. Just hold on to it. Pay attention. Pay attention. What? Pay attention. No. <laughs> oh, no. That's a good trick. <laughs> David, you can leave that there. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's been a difficult year. Um, uh, Russ, Guys, thanks Russ, for having thanks, me. Mate. I Cheers. appreciate it. Thank you very right. much. Well, care, uh, from one uh, big title fight tonight to another one that's been brewing for the last couple of weeks. Finally rescheduled and these two women in a few hours time will get it on for the WBO World Middleweight title.
great to have those two guys on, and I'm really pleased to say that Peter Fury is now with us. Um, how are you, mate? Fully recovered Good. and back, <laughs> I hope, to full health, Peter. How are you feeling? I never felt any problem in the first place. Uh, Did you not? You just come positive and uh, went back home. I got another drive pass where you drive on these car park things, got another test, and it was negative. No. Yeah. Uh, how long so, after was that, Peter? Well, I got tested on the Tuesday at Peterborough, got the result back on the Wednesday, the positive, and then went and had the test on Monday, right. the following Monday. And then Tuesday, it was a negative again. That's your luck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, like, so, so I guess the biggest concern was, was for Sav and, and for the implications in the following couple of weeks. How was, how was she when she got the news? It was just unfortunate, you know. There's nothing we could do about it, you know. It, it, it is one of those things, you know, in, in hindsight, you know, we should have probably travelled separately. But you just don't think, you know. No. It doesn't cross your mind, so fortunately, you know, thanks to Matchroom and everybody involved, they've got the fight back on. How was that couple of weeks when, obviously, the fight was postponed to now? Is it, was it difficult to sort of, uh, I mean, how do you approach the training? Did you just get straight back into it, but, uh, you know, another tough week and then ease down? I mean, was it easy enough or difficult? Well, yeah, I just said to Savannah, take the week off, like as, yeah. as planned. Yeah. And then we'll have a hard week on the Monday. So she had a hard week. She sparred on the Monday. Yeah the Wednesday, the Friday, yeah. and just and then rested up again and we're back into fight week. Because we always say as well, you know, there's the weight. You're having to watch the weight. It must be very difficult. You're close to the weight. And, all and she's, a, and she's big at the weight too. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, she's making that kind yeah. of easily. So you have to manage the calories and everything. That's not, that's not an easy yeah. couple of weeks. Was she okay with the weight? All always good. been bang on the yeah. weight, Savannah. Wow. You know, there's not been a problem. Yeah. So there was, no, uh, there was no real issue at all, actually. Uh, it was just a case, you know, can we get this fight back on? And also, I didn't know whether I was going to be here today or not. Yeah, of you know, Because you just don't know. So I'm just very fortunate that we're, yeah, we're all back to on. normal. Yeah, we're, we're so pleased for you. And yeah. it's, it's obviously been difficult for the girls. Yeah. And we're just Thanks pleased. a lot. Still living. Yeah, still living. <laughs> still That's kicking. Every, every day's a blessing. And I guess <laughs> this is. year of, of all years, when people haven't had access to gyms and normal facilities, that's been the one blessing is that I know you've had a gym built on site where you live, which right. I guess takes some of the stress and mm. the pressure out of what you might have if you had a public gym, for example. Yeah, it does. I've only got Yui and Savannah, and it's perfect for us, really. So uh, everything works around it. So it's excellent. Yeah, how's Yui getting on? Yui's very good. Uh, we're looking, um, we've just been speaking earlier. He's on November the 21st on the uh, Pavekin White Bill. And uh, we're just finalizing There's two opponents and uh, they'll be announcing one of them soon. We've accepted both of them anyway. Would you be able to tell us who they are? Would you be able to tell who, who the guys are that are in the frame? Uh, they'll announce it when they're ready. It's not for me to do that. Worth, worth you asking. You tried it, didn't you? Worth <laughs> asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always got to ask the question, even if you don't get an answer. Um, so uh, just talk to us about your views on, on this main event. I'm sure you've, you've seen uh, Alexander Yusuf plenty. And of course, you know Derek Chisori having this, uh, you know, as a man and opponent to, to some of your guys. I mean, how do you see this main event going? It's a tall order for Derek. You know, that's my professional opinion on it. Yeah. It's a very tall order. Usyk is a major talent. The only question mark here is, you know, size, you know, can he hold the shots, stuff like that. But I don't see it being a problem for Usyk at all. That's interesting, Darren, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, so many people are split, and I think we, we have so many strong opinions, and, and the fight's been sold so well. Sometimes it's, it's easy. You just break it down like that, you go, that makes so much sense. And yeah. maybe it will be a, a walk in the park for Usyk tonight. Maybe the, the movement will be too much. Well, that, that's the first thing I think about, if I'm putting my boxing brain on, is speed. 
You know, and that's yeah. the speed of hand, speed of foot, your reactions. And I remember Tony Sim saying to me, and my dad saying to me, what separates a good fighter from a great fighter or a, a great fighter from a bad fighter is speed. You know, being able to execute your you work, your shots, your footwork, yeah. that quickly uh, to that elite level standard. And I think with Usyk, he has that in abundance. And obviously, Dell can't match that. Mm. So it could be a case that it could be a shutout. You know, if Dell can't get to him, you know, Usyk could have an easy-ish night. But it's just, um, on the flip side, Dell's going to give it everything, isn't he? He's going to give it everything, for sure. And I, and I just think, you know, it is what it is. But when you just look at the way Usyk goes about it, the way he puts his shots over, his balance on his legs, he doesn't lean over a millimetre. Mm. No. He's sitting on, you know, he's perfectly balanced. Mm. And when the shots are coming and he's in range, that means he can, he can go back like that and retaliate just as quick. You know, he springs in, springs back, springs yeah. out, springs back so in. So quickly. So this is the thing, and, you know, you can't be surprised because you just touched on it. Accuracy, speed, and timing equates to what? Power. Mm. You know, and it's the shots you don't see that take your legs away, let's be yeah. honest. Yes. Then big clubbing shots that you can see up against the gloves and all of this, you you're taking them all day out. long. Yeah. You know, you'll take these clubbing overhand shots. It's not going to phase this guy. These type of shots are not. So like I said, what Chisora's got to be wary of I agree with what David said. They've practiced on the footwork because, look, if he's got the feet of old, it's a shutout. Yeah. He ain't winning. The old Derek Chisora is not touching this man. You know, we have to see a minimum of a 50% improvement. That's not to say Derek can't fight. Derek's a rough man. Stand in front of him, Derek could be a world champion. Yeah. yeah? But it's not about that. Boxing ain't about being the best trainer in the world. It ain't about being the toughest guy in the world. Mm. There's one ingredient you're missing here, talent. World-level, elite boxer talent. That's what it's about here. Yeah. So if it's about getting somebody in a corner and bashing them to death, you've seen, I've never seen that in the history of world-level boxing. No. It doesn't happen. Mm. When the levels kick up, you see just how hard it is. You know, he might have the best feet in the world in sparring. Against Usyk, you know, he's only got a step there and he's offset the target. Mm. He's not gonna allow Chisora to punch because he's going to be offsetting him all the time as well as the fast feet. So Chisora's going to find it very, very difficult to start throwing punches when Usyk is here. Mm. What are you going to do? Start punching over there mm. when your feet are forward. All these things they'll have looked at. So that's what he's got to get. I guess uh, it's similar with your charge. You know, Savannah Marshall, she's, she's got that talent. She's got that boxing ability. Do you think that's what will be the difference in her fight against Rankin? That superior boxing... 100%, you know, let's have it right. The only chance um, Hannah Rankin's got is blustering Savannah, getting on top of her, cutting her range down, yep. and Savannah starting to panic a bit, you know, and then falling short and then trying to get involved. That's it. You know, apart from that, it's not going to be, it's gonna, it should be one-way traffic as boxing goes. Yeah. And, of course, if that does happen, it's your job as, as the man in the corner to, to get her back on task. Yeah, of course, because, you know, I look at all eventualities and we always look at the worst scenario. You know, if you want to get your fighter through a world title, you know, you don't hope for the best. You look at the worst scenario and work to them. Mm, absolutely. Um, so how do you see this one playing out tonight then with, with Savannah and Hanky? Do, do, uh, do you think there'll be a stoppage or can you see Savannah taking this one on points? Um, you know, it's, it's sad to say, you know, um, Hannah Rankin really wants it. Like I said, it depends how Savannah's going to hold up. It's the first world title, you know. Yeah. I believe she will hold up. And I think we could see mid to late stoppage. That, that's a statement as well, isn't it? You know, because ranking is tough. You know, she, she went the distance yeah. with Shields, Clarissa Shields. So I think a stoppage is, is, is a big statement. Yeah. 
Savannah hits like a mule. She really has. Yeah. Yeah, and you relaxation, long shots, and, and, and the balance, yeah. everything you described there. Honestly, the, the accuracy there's speed, one thing for sure. She's never felt anything like Savannah's power. Wow, big, big statement. Well, Peter, uh, we're, we're pleased that you're in good health. Yeah. Um, you're, you're well and you're here, and finally the fight's going to be on. So we wish you uh, all the very best. Thank tonight. you very much. Cheers, Peter. Thanks, My pleasure. Yeah. Um, so, uh, many thanks to Peter for joining us ahead of uh, tonight. Good luck to Savannah in her world title clash. Good luck to Hannah Rankin as well. Um, our show title sponsor, Betfred, have got a couple of offers uh, for you tonight. Uh, UC6 to war, four to win from evens. And there is also a free bet offer when you stake £10. So those of you that like a flutter, head to Betfred and place your bets ahead of tonight. Well, that is all we've got time for. That has been a pleasure this week, mate. That's Thank been you good. very much. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, many thanks to Russ Amber, David Hay and Peter Fury for their company here on Before the Bell. In two weeks' time, Katie Taylor will headline a world title triple header. There she is. Uh, but tonight, it is all about the big men. Alexander Usyk and Derek Chisora do battle at the SSC Wembley Arena live on Sky Sports and The Zone. Enjoy the action, folks. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks' time. Come on, guys.